longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. And so, with the sunshine and the great bursts of leaves growing on the trees, just as things grow in fast movies, I had that familiar conviction that life was beginning over again with that summer. F. Scott Fitzgerald from The Great Gatsby. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Katie Chu, and for this episode, we will be discussing the end of school. I'm Brigitte Gia. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. All right, and so since we've got the end of school uh, as our subject matter for today's radio show, uh, Katie, what's so great about, you know, the end of school and like the beginning of summer and, you know, what isn't as great about it? You know, even though a lot of people kind of think of, you know, New Year's Eve as kind of the new start of a year, for really for a lot of students, when you end school and start beginning summer, you're kind of imagining, you know, that next year and, I feel like the end of school is for a lot of, you know, young people, students who are in middle school, elementary school, high school. It's kind of that's the moment when they're kind of starting their new year, you know, with their new resolutions. Like next year during school, I'm going to work even harder. I'm going to do even more. I'm going to get better grades and all those kind of resolutions that people, I mean, still do during New New Year's Eve. It's also kind of at the end of school, you know. And with the beginning of summer, there's kind of that freedom and all those really like that kind of sense that you can start over if you didn't have such a successful year or if you did, you get to restart that new year. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, especially maybe in high school, middle school, you get like new teachers as well. You know, Mm -hmm. you're moving on to the next grade. You're getting more experiences. And like summer uh, for me personally, it's like my little prep period, you know, it's like (laughs) get everything together. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then you just you, you start the new year and definitely, you know, young people are making resolutions, you know, during the summer, maybe at the start mm-hmm. of school, and then you've got that whole year to start over or continue on your path to greatness, you know, and really get everything put together. I, 
Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Something I really love about summer is, you know, during school or during the rest of the year, you're kind of worried about different things rather like for school, you're worrying about grades, but really during summer, I remember when I was younger, especially, you know, elementary, middle school, I would be thinking, how should I fill my time? So I seem like a very responsible (laughs) and productive person. And just that, the simplicity of that kind of worry, I think I just love about summer. Definitely. You know, you've got so much free time so you can do whatever you want. And, you know, it's it's about like really putting I, I like to put together like schedules, like tons of just yeah. summer schedules. and like, I'll be doing this and this and this and this. And, then, you know, sometimes I get a little off task because it's summer. Right. You want to kind of have some fun. But, yeah, it's definitely a time to put something together. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little more carefree than during mm-hmm. school, you're like, when will I have free time? But then during summer, you're like, when will I work, you know? <laughs> yeah, so for um, you, Bridget, what do you really do when school ends? Or over the summer, what do you generally do? Do you have some kind of a yearly kind of uh, practice or like tradition? Or what do you do or plan? Uh, yeah, I... um. I generally tend to try and find some, you know, programs like what you said earlier, kind of filling my time. And so this year I'm planning on doing some animal shelter stuff, which is really fun. And um, yeah, I'm doing some science programs here and there. And then last year, since it was the election year, I was able to go out and like work uh, in the field. And, you know, I worked on I worked on a congressional campaign. That was really awesome. Spent a lot of my time, you know, giving out brochures, talking to people about voting all of this kind of stuff. And so it was a really nice way to fill my summer. And hopefully I'll get some more opportunities like that this summer to really go out there and, yeah. you know, talk to people. Yeah. Uh, so Katie, Katie, what about you? Uh, what do you like to do in the <laughs> summer? Well, I mean, other than, you know, spend time with family and, you know, we generally go on a couple trips during the summer, kind of explore, you know, go to different places mm-hmm. every year. But um, for me personally, I try to do a lot more volunteering During the school, you know, even if we have free time, volunteering may not necessarily be a priority, you know, and I definitely can't do long term volunteer programs over the school year. And I'm kind of busy with work or I'm kind of hesitant to sign up for things. But over the summer, if there's, you know, a weekly thing or even a week long kind of program, I'm definitely for it. And I'm all over it during the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like a really good way to spend your time. And when you're doing it, you're not thinking, oh, what am I doing wasting my time? You're thinking, oh, my God, I'm doing something that's contributing, you know? Yeah, and you don't have, you know, you don't have tests to study for. You don't have all, like, maybe busy work or anything. You're not doing your homework during the volunteering sessions or anything <laughs> like that. It's yeah. Just, it's so much time that you just, you end up being able to do all sorts of cool things. And, like, yeah, like, traveling for sure and going different places. Mm-hmm. My family used to do, like, a... Uh, like a road trip every summer and we'd go all of these different places. I think my mom is planning one this year for like, <laughs> you know, visiting colleges for me because I'm a junior. Right. Gotta get that right. stuff done. But then, you know, just like cross-country road trips or like mm-hmm. up and down, you know, a state or something like that. There's all sorts of things that you can do over the summer and I definitely really like that. Yeah, so much time. It's so good. Yeah. And so, um, Katie, what do you think about like, uh, like, changing the school because I know there's a lot of talk about whether we should have you know an earlier start and a later summer or like vice versa um you know end Mm -hmm. school in May start in like late July Uh, what what's your opinion on that do you think there's a difference should we be changing our times 
Uh, well, you know, for a long time, I kind of grew up with that ending school later and starting school, you know, later for the summer. And, you know, that was fine. But after changing, um, so my school changed it last year. So now we end right at the beginning of June. And then we start school about mid earlier August. And I actually thought it was it's a bit more comfortable because if you're ending right as June begins kind of gives you that clean cut for school and you do have more time to spend during that nice kind of going into summer feeling and weather of June and you have the whole month of June and whole month of July and that it's just a fulfilling feeling to think you have oh a little over two months of summer and that you can measure it you know from the beginning of June to mid-August yeah Yeah. I I thought it was nice yeah what about you What, what was your opinion on that um, I, yeah, I do tend to agree with you. Um, I've actually, I've never really experienced the change. We always go from like June 10th ish to like August 20, 20 something. And so I've always had that little thing, but I definitely, I definitely do think that the summers as they are planned out like that is not too bad. You know, you, you, again, yeah, as you said, you have that clean state of, slate of June. And then I like having a little bit of August as well, just mm-hmm. so, you know, you have, uh, you can think yeah. like, oh, this is the end of July. And then once August starts, you have mm-hmm. like a week or two to get your school supplies in order to get like, I don't know, maybe you have summer homework to like finish mm-hmm. and you yeah, have that. Definitely. Yeah, you have that extra two weeks to kind of get everything together. So I really like that about the system. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's all right, actually. Yeah. I think maybe I, some people do think it's like nicer to get out of summer earlier or no, to get out of school earlier. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just because it's like, oh, you know, we're done here instead of having to wait until like late June or something like that. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I generally like it. I think it's pretty stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And something I always, I kind of um, noticed was, reflecting over kind of my past summers a couple days ago is that the end of school or what it means to us when school ends kind of changes as we grow older you know when I was young time kind of passes by you know like or when I was younger I guess (laughs) time kind of passes by slower and summer seemed like a really long time so I remember at the end of school you know in elementary school and middle school Uh, on the last day of school I'd be celebrating I'd be like oh I don't have to even worry about what's going to come next year because it's so far away and I'd just be spending my entire summer totally carefree but now in high school because I'm going into senior year I'm kind of uh or since high school kind of began I've always been thinking about you know that next year coming like what do I want to do with the next year you know how much will I Um, improve what will I do how much will I achieve and that's kind of like what my mind's also on throughout summer you know yeah definitely and yeah same like incoming senior we've got like college apps to do and everything (laughs) and so yeah it's become I I definitely agree with you like in elementary school middle school I was like wow this summer you know it's just gonna be fun gonna be spending a lot of time with friends and even like freshman year uh during the summer I I was like oh you know I'm gonna be planning trips with my friends I went to Tahoe with my friends that was super fun and there wasn't as much like planning over the summer or doing things over the summer so that I could start up my year a little better I think now we we maybe have like a lot of summer homework again Mm -hmm. like and that sort of stuff so it does 
you do have a little more material to cover during the summer and it's less of, you know, a free period and more of like a prep period, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so I, I think at the end of the day though, you know, like you do want to have a little more fun during the summer and it's super nice to get out there and, you know, chill with your friends. No more, no homework every day, which yeah, is really, yeah. really nice. And yeah. I do love that. And mm-hmm. so um, thank you, Katie, so much for that awesome discussion. Um, unfortunately, we are running out of time and thank you, though. That was super, super fun. Yeah. All right, you um, all right guys, support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. And for more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Don't go anywhere as we continue our talk on the end of school. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Back to our uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we are discussing the end of school. And I'm Katie Chu. For this segment, we have Emily Esfahani-Smith, a very accomplished and successful individual who draws on psychology, philosophy, and literature to really write about the human experience in her works. The author of The Power of Meaning, Crafting a Life That Matters, and many articles and essays, Emily Esfahani-Smith reveals to us why we are the way we are and how we can find grace and meaning in the world. Her writing has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, The Atlantic, Time, and many other famous publications. She's an instructor in positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, as well as an editor at the Stanford University's Hoover Institution, where she manages the Ben Franklin Circles Project to build meaning in local communities. We are so excited to have you here, Emily. Hey. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, it's really great to meet you and all the work that you do really on psychology. So you write about how to live a meaningful and purposeful life. When you were a teenager, did you know what your purpose in life was? So when I was a teenager, I thought that I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up. I, I was pretty good at science and I went to college um, taking all of the pre-med classes. 
And the reason I was so drawn to medicine is because I thought that there was nothing more um, valuable to do than to help relieve the suffering of other people. Um, and so I thought that was a, I thought I wanted a job that was meaningful and that being a doctor seemed to seem to make sense to me. Um, but when I got to college, though, I discovered this other part of myself that I wanted to explore, which was writing. And I, I got involved with my college newspaper and I really just um, fell in love with kind of writing about ideas and, and reaching people through ideas and through writing and kind of, you know, changing, changing a little bit the way they think about their own lives through it. And so eventually I, I decided to put aside um, my interest in becoming a doctor and to pursue writing instead. And over the years, mm -hmm. I've realized that that same purpose of wanting to help people overcome suffering and to be their full selves is what's driving my writing in the same way that it kind of drove me earlier on to want to be a doctor. So I guess I did kind of know my purpose from a young age, but I found different ways to satisfy it. Definitely. And I love how you were able to, you know, go back to that main goal just through different ways. And that's really, really great. And so, um, you know, that that's a great way of, you know, accomplishing your goal through another way of finding your purpose or having your purpose and then getting to it in a variety of different ways. But like, what if someone doesn't know what their purpose is? You know, what do, what do we do then if we, you know, can't find what our goal is in life? I think that all, all, everyone, especially, you know, young people like teenagers, young adults, um, they, they, everyone has a yearning in them to, to do good. And we all want to somehow make the world a better place. And so I, I would just begin by thinking about what contribution you want to make to the world. If there's something that you could do to make the world a better place, what would it be? And, and so that's the first step is kind of getting outside of your, your own goals and your own desires to think about the broader impact that you want to have. The second step is figuring out how your unique combination of strengths and talents and gifts that you have, how those can all come together to help you achieve that goal. Everyone, I think, has a unique purpose because we all have a unique set of talents and gifts that we can use to serve the world in some way. So, um, you know, you two are, are journalists and writers and, and, uh, and radio personalities. And so I'm sure that you guys are driven by things like love of learning and curiosity and, and um, you know, leadership, those, those kinds of strengths. And so you're using those strengths to fulfill a purpose that is, you know, spreading ideas to, to a broader community of listeners. And so I would encourage people your age to think about their own lives in that way. What, what are you good at? What are you interested in? And how can you use those things to serve others? Yeah, that's, that's, I really actually love what you just said, especially because, um, so the Express Yourself uh, cast and some of our BTSYA volunteers, we've been working on a book and each reporter or volunteer has a chapter, you know, that really embraces their own character and experiences, but to really convey an idea. And I feel like that kind of really does reflect what you just mentioned about how combining, you know, an individual's uniqueness, but also being able to apply that to 
uh, the community to, you know, you mentioned the greater good kind of purpose that people generally try to strive for. But um, so with this kind of drive that you mentioned to do the greater good, did you do anything particular during your summers in high school to really find your purpose or look for a purpose? I think the, the great thing about summer vacation is that it gives you the opportunity to just kind of explore what you're interested in. You know, school, when you're in school, you have all of this time that's structured. So you wake mm-hmm. up in the morning, you go to your classes, you come home, you do your homework, you, you're involved with your extracurricular activities. But Daily summertime, grind. <laughs> yeah, grind, exactly. Um, but summertime, ho- hopefully your life isn't as scheduled as it is during the school year. And one of the things that's come up again and again in psychology research is the critical importance of unstructured free time and helping people figure out what they want to do with their lives, helping them figure out what they're passionate about and what their purpose is. Because it's only when you have that time that you have the freedom to actually explore what you're interested in, to, to listen to yourself, to reflect on who you are and, and what you want to do. So I would encourage you guys and anyone listening to this to, to use your summertime in a productive way. Read the books that you've been meaning to read. Um, go and, and try something, something new. Um, one of the great things about the summer is that when you try something new, maybe you don't love it, but that just helps you rule out what you're not supposed to be doing. So for example, I, in college, I had um, some summer internships at publications that were focused on political reporting. And I quickly learned that I wasn't as interested in politics um, as I was in kind of cultural and psychology issues by doing those internships. And so it, it allowed me to kind of cross off one type of pursuit off my list. So I would use this time to really explore and engage with ideas, engage with what you're interested in, and to try as hard as you can to stay off um, social media and all these other distractions, because as fun as they are, they're not all, they, they can be an obstacle to you figuring out what your purpose is. Definitely. Oh, man, I had, uh, speaking of social media, yeah, definitely. I had like Snapchat when I was trying to do like internships and it just didn't work. You know, it's so busy. And, you know, thank you for mentioning that, like, you know, your summer shouldn't be as scheduled because then you can't find yourself. I I needed that because my parents, my parents, you know, wanted me to take classes. And I feel like it just ties in so well that uh, I decided not to take classes um, last summer and I decided to do uh, political, like volunteer, speaking of political volunteering, but I decided to do, you know, some campaigning, canvassing, that sort of thing, really get out there, try to get to know people in the world, try to meet new, new people and like have new experiences. And I do really, you know, it ties in. I definitely feel like I can relate to what you said. Uh, cause I, I kind of feel like I found myself in that instead of taking classes and learning things in a traditional classroom setting, able to get out there and so Emily do you think so you mentioned that like summer vacation you know should be pretty productive you know you want to read all the books you want to read or you've been meaning to read you want to go out there and find yourself but uh, what do you think about like the balance between relaxing during summer and like going out there and doing a lot Uh, do you think you know you should do a little bit of social media or should you cut that out completely or like what should you do to relax during the summer or should you relax at all I guess um, I guess it depends. No, I mean, I, I absolutely think that um, that that you should relax and and what you know. One of the things that I 
when I said unstructured free time, that's basically another way of saying time that you could be using to relax. So instead of, you know, running around to your classes, to your internships, just having, you know, a few hours in the day where nothing is scheduled so that you can just allow yourself to kind of do what you want to do because it's it's in that time that you really figure out who you are and and what drives you and what I I guess what I'm saying is that when you have that space of time it's so sacred and so valuable because our lives are so busy that it's really rare for us to find that type of time so when you have it don't fritter it away on social media or on things that aren't helping you grow really use that time to do something that you like but that is also going to kind of nourish your your psyche so you know if you of course if you want to check it on social media that's that's fine but I think that um I read a statistic somewhere that you know on average, people spend three hours a day on their phone and, and the numbers are higher for teenagers. So so imagine what would happen if you took two of those three hours and devoted it to, um, you know, doing something that you'd actually like to do and that would help you grow. Definitely. Yeah. And like, man, a lot of a lot of teenagers are just looking down at their phones and I guess we really, we really got to change that and put it towards <laughs> finding ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of friends I think, who, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think also when you, when you step away from your phone, it just, there are so many opportunities to connect that you don't even see. So I was on the Metro the other day here in Washington and I was, you know, doing my usual thing on my phone and someone came and sat down next to me and unusually he started to have a conversation with me, which is something that never really happens. Like no one talks to strangers anymore. And so in that moment I faced a choice whether to kind of politely respond, but then turn back to my phone or whether to engage him in conversation in a real conversation and I, you know, because of the kind of stuff, things I write about, I thought, okay, I don't want to be hypocrite. Let me actually talk to him. And what I discovered was that we had a lot of common interests, um, that he was interested in um, these kinds of this form of religion known as mysticism, which is something that I um, grew, up, grew up with, um, with my parents were Sufi mystics. And so we were able to form this connection and it was really wonderful. It's something that I still think about and I, and I was able to do it because I was, I stepped away from my phone. So there, there's there's so many kind of benefits of it out there that we don't even realize. Definitely. Oh, that's so incredible that you were able to make like this human connection <laughs> without your phone in the way that that darn device. <laughs> no, definitely though. Yeah. I feel like maybe even at like, you know, supermarkets and stuff, you're, you're looking down at your phone instead of like, you know, looking up and saying, Oh, how are you to the cashier? And so you kind of miss out on that when you have your phone. And definitely, I really agree with you there. And that's really, really nice. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for that awesome conversation. That was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Unfortunately, we are out of time, but we will be coming back with Emily in the, uh, the next segment of this show. Uh, Check out Emily's book, The Power of Meaning, Crafting a Life That Matters. And for more information on both Emily and her book, check out her website at emilyesfahanismith.com. We will be continuing our fabulous conversation, so stay tuned. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here as we continue our amazing discussion on the end of school. 
show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we have The End of School as our subject, with Emily Esfahani-Smith, whose book, The Power of Meaning, Crafting a Life That Matters, explains that there's more to life than being happy. This wise, stirring book rounds out the latest research and the words of great thinkers across generations to argue that the search for meaning can immeasurably deepen our lives and is far more fulfilling than the pursuit of personal happiness. And I'm Katie Chu. With that, let's welcome Emily back onto the show. Hi, Emily. Hi, guys. So during the last segment, you were really talking about how summer can really contribute to, you know, finding more out about yourself if you, you know, step away from social media or just really take the time to relax. You said you could kind of do activities or do whatever you want to do and understand yourself. And you kind of write about this importance of knowing yourself in the book. Can you add more on to that about knowing yourself? Absolutely. So one of the one of the dimensions of finding your purpose is really figuring out who you are and what your strengths are because uh, the definition of purpose is using your strengths to serve others. Um, so for some people uh, that that happens at work, um, they you know they're really good at you know uh, being leaders or they're really good at forming connections with people and so they, they kind of bring those strengths with them to the workplace. Um, for others, they use the same strengths in their relationships. Um, you know when you, when you get older, raising children, things like that. And the research shows that when, whenever you use your strengths in any of these domains, whether it's at work, at school, or in your personal life, you actually feel a greater sense of purpose. So it's really, you know, I think we tend to think that you have to find your one meaning and purpose in life. And that once you have that one, you know, capital P purpose, you will be set. But actually, 
living with purpose is really about um, cultivating moments of purposefulness all throughout your day. And like I mentioned in the earlier segment, your your purpose can change as your life changes and you can set different types of goals to achieve your purpose. But if you stay grounded in what your strengths and talents are and constantly be focusing on using those strengths to serve others, you can maintain a sense of purpose even as all these other things change. Oh, man, I was thinking they really have to change that quote. Uh, you need to find your purpose in life to you need to find your moments of purpose in life. Yeah. <laughs> it would be much more suiting. And yeah, I, I really like that. Definitely. And I definitely agree. And it, it's kind of cool because um, my my dad has a lot of, you know, say in or he has a lot of input towards, you know, where I should be going to college, what career I should be taking on. Um, but his like core message really, like he always tells me, um, you, whatever career you take, you want to find a way to help people. You want to find a way to impact the world. And I just found it neat that like that message is so universal that what my dad says to me at home can tie in with what, what you're talking about on the radio show and in your book. And so I thought, that, I don't know. I just thought that was like really cool that this message of, helping others and, you know, really trying to make your impact on the world and use your strengths to further society, further our culture um, is, is so universal that it was able to kind of tie around in this weird little circle here between you, me and my dad. Um, and so, Emily, uh, you mentioned that, you know, you want to want to use all your strengths Um you in like finding a goal in finding your purpose but you don't want to like you know it's harder to stick with just one major purpose and so do you think following your passions or the quote follow your passions is good advice or should we just focus more on being kind of like you know um well-rounded more in our endeavors i i don't i think that's a that's a I, I guess I don't love the advice to follow your passions because a lot of people don't don't know what their passions are. They have things that they vaguely like doing, um, but if you ask them, "What are you passionate about? What do you? What must you do? What, you know, what is it that you can't imagine yourself doing?" Um, I think a lot of people will be hard pressed to find an answer to that. And I also think that they that putting such an emphasis on passion as the route to a meaningful life can actually set you up for failure because if you're really passionate about something like um, you know, becoming uh, uh, you know a, a, a CEO or uh, a, you know becoming a professional athlete or becoming a professional dancer, these are the kinds of things that people are really you know passionate about. But um, it's it's really difficult to achieve those kinds of goals, and so you don't want to have your meaning and purpose so hinged on things that you're passionate about because those things might not work out. And I love your point about what your dad said, how, you know, and I think what it, the takeaway message of that for me was that it in almost anything that you do, you can end up finding meaning and purpose in it, even if you don't always feel passionate about it. So I guess the other thing about passion is that it's kind of an emotion and emotions come and go. And the best things in life 
as I'm sure you guys know from doing the work that you do and from studying and things like that, they require a lot of hard work and effort. And you're not always going to feel great when you're doing them. That kind of positive feeling of passion won't be there. But that doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't worthwhile. In fact, it's a sign that what you're doing, that you're really on the right track. So I don't like to use the language of passion because I think it just kind of um, sets people up for the wrong ideas. Yeah, I really love how you just mentioned this kind of idea that having a single idea in mind, that single passion can kind of limit what you're capable of and what you're doing and your kind of how you're feeling in that time. Even though I was really young, you know, in elementary school, I would always kind of solve the issues or fights between my friends. And then at that moment in fifth grade, I was like, I am the counselor between my friends, you know, yeah. and I'm solving their problems. And then for a couple of years, I always thought that I had to solve these problems. Like that was my role in life, being the counselor between my friends. And it became stressful until I realized, you know, I don't have to see myself that way. And you know, if, if my friends are having a fight and my personality is just kind of someone who doesn't like fighting, then my strengths will naturally kind of show itself. And I kind of came to realize that later, though. So those few years when I thought I must be the counselor was stressful. And I really like how you mentioned that you don't have to put yourself in a single position or toward a single path or passion. So with the advice you just gave, what specific advice do you have for teens trying to figure out what they want to major in or what job they want to pursue? I think for majors, um, I, you know, one thing that um, is, is just pretty, has become pretty clear for me, just from my own personal experience, from the experience of other people I know, and also from the research that I've done, is that people um, do the best at things that they are good at. So again, it goes back to figuring out what your strengths are. And when we're doing well, we enjoy what we're doing more. So if you are somebody who is really good at and drawn to the humanities, I would recommend that you major in that field. If you're somebody who's really good at and drawn to math and science, then I would do that. Um, I think that also we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially as we're kind of going into college, to find a a perfect major that's going to fit with whatever our job is later. But so many people end up not really knowing what they want their job to be or they, you know, from year one in college to year four, their idea of what they want to do with their life shifts dramatically. And so I think that another good reason to focus on doing what you're good at is that that will probably not change so much. You will, you know, it'll give you this kind of stable grounding and whatever your job, your, the job is that you'll end up pursuing later, chances are it will be consistent with what you're good at just because those are what your strengths are. So if you're somebody who's good at math and sciences, um, major in that because you're probably going to end up getting a job in that field anyways. I think it's a lot more important to um, approach whatever your major is with just an open-minded desire to learn and cultivate your um, your your learning and your strengths as opposed to trying to fit it into the box of some job that you don't even know you may or may not get. Definitely. And I feel like that's a great that's a great message to have, uh, especially during, you know, this this intense really like period or this this era where you have a lot of parents who are pushing their kids towards certain careers that will earn more money or that will like 
you know, ensure them a more stable future. And so I think that's a really nice thing to, to keep in mind is just that, hey, like at the end of the day, what you're good at is what you're good at and yeah. what you enjoy is what you enjoy. And so, Emily, I just have a question for you. Um, you mentioned earlier in last segment that, you know, you switched from pre-med over to writing and over to, you know, a more humanities maybe major. And so, you know, when you switched, did you have any like, you know, were you kind of apprehensive about it? Because I, I know that like, you know, taking certain classes costs more money and, you know, and you've already taken those classes, so it might be hard to switch. So, you know, what were the decisions you made and what did you really go through while you were switching majors? It was a very hard decision um, because, uh, you know, my my parents really like the idea of me becoming a doctor and I totally understand why it's it's kind of a, a stable career path. <laughs> you're coming out of school with all of these debts and, you know, as a doctor, you'll be you're guaranteed to kind of not be, you know, poor and starving anyways, whereas that's not the case with being a writer. Um, so there was a lot less kind of job security and stability with with writing and my parents were worried about that and I was worried about that um giving up you know the pre-med track and being a writer was a big risk um and I wasn't sure in the end if if writing would be as meaningful and as directly impactful to people as being a doctor would and so I had a lot of anxiety about whether I was making the right choice but I told myself that you know I'm young and now is the time to take risks and I can see how this goes. I can pursue this writing thing for a few, you know, a few years. And if it's not working out and if it's not satisfying to me, I can always go back, take the pre-med classes I want and go to medical school. It's never too late to change your path. I have a friend who is in his fifties and just graduated from medical school. So it's really never too late. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I would just, you know, don't be afraid of taking risks, especially when you're young and know that it's okay to feel anxious and apprehensive because that's, that's how you know you're growing. Definitely. And, you know, I think that's a, that's a great message to really strongly end the segment on, you know, it's never late to change your path. Always take risks. You can always go back. And so thank you so much, Emily, for this wonderful conversation. The messages that you brought up in the segment are really great. And I think they'll push a lot of our, uh, our audience to just really claim themselves, find their moments of purpose and, you know, find themselves. And so the power of meaning is absolutely fabulous. Great book and thank you for helping us through life with your work uh unfortunately we are out of time but stay tuned to keep up with the rest of our fantastic show today and learn more about emily and her work at her website emily and uh that's spelled uh, emily uh, e-m-i-l-y uh esfahani e-s-f-a-h-a-n-i and then smith s-m-i-t-h.com uh, i'm brigitte gia and I'm Katie Chu. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be the Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. More info under events at our website at www.btsya.org. Please visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll continue our inspiring conversation on the end of school.
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's hour is all about the end of school. And I'm Katie Chu. For today's segment, we have veteran reporter and host, Hoven Hundal, with his segment, World Watch. Take it away, Hoven. Hey, all. Happy to appear in yet again on Express Yourself, especially for an exciting theme like school ending. Now, students everywhere are rejoicing that school is out for the next few months. However, it is becoming increasingly apparent that such a long summer break might not be the best idea, whether it's for parents, teachers, or students. Now, don't get me wrong, I love my summer break, as I'm sure we all do. Students everywhere certainly do deserve a break from the far too demanding rigors of the school year with an overabundance of homework and the extracurriculars needed to get into college these days. However, summer break is simply not the way we should be rewarding students after a tough school year mainly because it hurts them later on. An extremely in-depth study conducted by a Duke University professor just a few years ago meticulously studied records from decades upon decades and concluded that the vast majority of students will lose approximately a month's worth of math prowess each summer break. Now, this makes sense. Most students aren't going to be practicing math over summer break. And in math classes especially, the beginning of each school year often consists of reviewing topics from the past that teachers reasonably expect have been forgotten over the long summer break. And the same Duke University study, as well as a later study at Johns Hopkins, also noted that summer break disproportionately affects the reading comprehension of a certain group. And they found that summer break leads to a setback of up to three months in reading comprehension for students with the lowest grades. Now, this is a very important point. Our excessively long breaks are making school even more tough for the kids who already have a tough time with it. This is the demographic that we should be focusing our efforts on to allow them to catch up to everyone else. We certainly should not be continuing a system that is, quite frankly, setting some of our students up to fail. Now, some of us may be familiar with the year-round school system that has been proposed. Some cities around the country have adopted it for elementary school, but for anyone older, summer break is almost exclusively found. Essentially, what the year-round system proposes is three months of school followed by one month off. The months with no school are typically March, July, and November. And adjustments are made to the schedule, and students do end up being in school for the exact same number of days, just different days. 
I'm strongly in favor of the system. Now, this would result in not nearly such a marked decrease in intellectual prowess for the kids who are already scoring well on standardized tests, simply because the chunk of time that they spend away from school is not too large. Furthermore, schools would not have to take off any more time for Thanksgiving, Veterans Day, or for spring break because students would already be receiving time off during these months. And in addition, having a month like March off would be perfect for students studying hard for important exams like AP tests and other standardized tests. And performing well on these standardized tests could in turn result in more funding for schools. Anyway, I just thought that it would be an interesting topic for this end-of-school-themed show to discuss our summer break and ways to improve it. Wow, that's that's definitely a really interesting, um, you know, proposal for, you know, what what, what we might do to change uh, the summer break. And that's it's kind of interesting because uh, in the first segment, we also talked a tiny bit about this, about like moving around the summer, although, you know, uh, not as extensively as breaking it up into a year-round <laughs> kind of thing. And so, you know, uh, Jovan, what are some drawbacks to the year-round system that you've mentioned? Yeah, so... One big drawback would be that since students will be in school for a lot of um, the summer season, that air conditioning would have to be on within uh, classes all around schools. And so that would cost more money for the schools. Now, this is actually a very important point for a lot of schools. And this is why they've a lot of them, especially in my town, have only kept this system to elementary schools simply because, you know, the larger high schools, they don't want to have to spend the money to keep schools open and rooms open this long. And then another drawback would be that teachers unions might not agree to this simply because, you know, the system is so entrenched in American schooling and teachers as a result might want some other sort of compensation. You know, I really love um, something that you said there were some drawbacks and I feel like people would say, oh, um, you know, breaking apart the summer would result in, you know, inabilities to go on trips, but I hardly know, you know, people who go on trips that are longer than a month just because, um, you know, because of different scheduling issues and different things they have to deal with. So really, if the way you just mentioned how if it if you do have monthly um, vacations from once in a while, that wouldn't really take away your opportunity to go on a trip. And, Definitely. Yeah. So I never really thought about that, but now that you mention it, it's it's a pretty strong system that would kind of you know deal with the problems that you really mentioned earlier. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, what would you suggest to the majority of students who do have summer break who aren't in the system right now? Well, so the one thing that all these study to, studies agreed on, no matter whether you were getting high grades or low grades, was that summer break will end up decreasing your intellectual capabilities. Now, this is just because, you know, a lot of kids don't do any sort of intellectual activities during summer break. However, I'd like to encourage a lot of different students to just, you know, kind of see what's out there. Public libraries often have free classes for anyone. Um, whether you're even a kid or not. And so you could take public classes, you could take some sort of online class, and or just pick up a book, you know, um, just to shore up your reading comprehension and make sure everything's on track there. Just little stuff like this could go a long way towards keeping your ability strong while also having a strong break. Uh, definitely. And, you know, um, it, again, I think our author in the first or in the previous segments mentioned that, you know, during your summer, you want to stay productive, you want to really like, you know, 
read books, as you said, and like take online courses. And there's always things like Khan Academy on YouTube and, you know, all of these different things that you can do to kind of keep your brain active, which is really nice. And, you know, I I found it interesting that, um, that, as you mentioned, this system, this like summer break system is so entrenched within the United States and within our society specifically, because you see like a lot of other schools having year-round systems, as you mentioned, like, you know, just breaks in, like, during different seasons, during different times of the year. And so um, I heard that this is because of, like, the, uh, I think since America used to be, like, a farming nation, um, we have it, like, broken up uh, into this summer break for, like, harvesting or that sort of thing. Um, Do you have any additional information on that? Yeah, so you're exactly right. The system is a result of, you know, in past decades where lots of kids would have to help out with the harvest then. They would need some sort of time off of school to account for this. And what would result is then the kids would simply just not show up for school. And so as a result, then these schools decided, okay, let's just take a break right here then, since a lot of kids won't be showing up to school anyway, let's just, you know, um, take that into account. (laughs) But the problem is, since it's such an outdated system, it does not necessarily fit all the needs of our modern-day society. So I definitely think it needs to be changed. And the United States, we've got we've got this farming thing still going, and then we still got uh, we haven't switched over to the metric system. Exactly, and, you know, exactly. It's kind of interesting that we're we're the youngest. I guess we're we're a pretty young nation, but you know, there's a lot of things that we've retained from way back then that are still in our culture today. That's pretty cool. Like. my summer break, you know, like my summer break is because America used to be a farming nation. And so, you know, Joven, I know that maybe a different system would be more beneficial to us as students, but do you have any plans for staying productive over the summer yourself? Uh, Do you have anything that you're going to do to keep your brain active? Yeah, good question. So, um, you know, as we get older and older, I'm sure a lot of us are starting to get more and more summer homework. So, you know, it's obviously <laughs> a mandatory exercise that we have to do. But mm. also, I do very much so enjoy reading, you know, Be the Star You Are is coming out with a new book soon. And also, <laughs> I like just uh, going to my public library. There's so many different books that they get weekly. And that's a big point that I don't think a lot of kids realize is that new books or just any books at all, the public library probably has whatever you're interested in, even if you're not necessarily interested in reading. There definitely is something else I have interest in there. You know, a lot of different public libraries have computer classes, maybe teaching you new tricks with Excel, or a lot of them even actually have DVDs of new movies coming out. And just little things like that, um, Mm -hmm. I think, do go a long way. Yeah, I really love how you, the way you just described how you can be productive during summer. Like, what you're suggesting isn't that, you know, we have to take summer classes over the summer, you know, to remain educa- educated or, like, keep our minds um, flexible and be able to return to school year just as you would if we hadn't had break. You're kind of just suggesting that we keep our mind, you know, um, working, we pick up a book to read, we do something that makes us productive, that also that we can also enjoy over the summer. You know, you just mentioned if you're into computers, you know, you could take computers classes in the in the library or if you're just into reading, you know, picking up, picking up a book is just as good. So I really love how you kind of 
um, combine this idea of, you know, the idea that we were discussing um, in earlier segments about being able to enjoy our summer and relax and kind of be ourselves, but also what you're mentioning here about, in, you know, in reality, we do have to keep our minds on our education. You know, ideally during the summer, we would do anything you want, you know? Like, I would just sit, you know, on my couch, you know, maybe watch a movie or something. But, you know, idealistically, like, that would be the ideal. But, you know, in real life, we do have a lot of things going around us. And especially our education is so important, you know. Right. Yeah, there are different ways to do it. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so a lot of these different ways, you know, how you just mentioned at the end right here. And the great thing is they're not going to take up, you know, the majority of our day or the majority of our weeks or anything like that. And so we do deserve a break from school, you know. It's a very rigorous school year. We have standardized testing at the end of it. We have tons of different homework. <laughs> yeah. And so I do believe a lot of uh, we all deserve a break. It's just that we need to make sure that we are keeping our minds, you know, on top of things. Right, right. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, I think it, it really is hard to not to let yourself go and, you know, just do whatever you want. But definitely, I think we really need some of that knowledge to stay with us. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Jovan, for such a fascinating and educational segment. Sadly, it's time to say farewell. We give our thanks to Star Stop Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Katie Chu. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, enjoy the coming summer, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself